This is an adult podcast made for adults by adults. Today we're joined by a special person who eats roadkill, lives in the middle of nowhere, and bookbinds. We also get into space sweepers and discuss why it's a blockbuster, why it isn't. And we talk about how the film reminds us of some anime, or maybe it shouldn't. This is Fake Film Fans. My name's Jonas Wade Best. That's right, three names, three names for this three name boy. And I'm also a thing that I would say at the beginning of the episode, like I always do. I'm Walter, and I thought I have energy because I snorted a line of coke, but I've decided to change the drug. I've snorted a line of alcohol, and I have so much energy. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jonah Jade Moses Cohen Woodstock. That's right, five names, five names because I'm a five name boy, and I. I'm not something that Swade would say at the beginning of a podcast because I'm something that I'm something else. I'm something completely different. That's right. This is Jonah. I've known him since third grade. We're practically family at this point. And oddly enough, his name is Jonah Jade and mine is Jonah Swade. You guys also both call each other boys. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's my boy. It is deeply weird that our first names are the same. I'm Jonah. You're Jonah, and then your middle name, or first middle name, is Jade, yes. and mine is Swade, and those words rhyme. Those words rhyme. It was a friendship made in the stars, and I believe that uh, it was fate that brought us together. It was fate that our friendship would be mate. It's fate, we're fate mates. It doesn't just rhyme, it also alliterates. I mean, Jonah's does, mine doesn't. What do you mean? Swade and Jonah actually rhyme? Um, no. It's not well, Swona Swade. That's right, it's not Swona Swade, Walt. Okay, it's Jonah J. Okay, fine. I've lost. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, Fucking it's okay. Gosh. English isn't your first language. Your first language is Walter language. Walter and you are living opposite lives. Like, the, uh, like Walter, Jonah, like, lives in an abandoned mushroom factory and like scavenges meat that he like cooks from like roadkill and you like live in hong kong in an air-conditioned apartment i have an air conditioner that's true you do have an air no but i mean just like you're you're living that rural lifestyle you're more of a like listen to pine bark, pine bark kind of guy right more of a more of a like eat a moss yeah i do eat a moss i make tea from it sometimes or like maybe like kiss a tree kiss a tree on your on the tree lips make a tea play your flute in the woods well, play my lute in the woods yeah <laughs> dude that's so cool you're totally cool that's pretty good like do, are there do bugs get in your room jonah sometimes last summer was a fucking nightmare the the uh the door got left open and a cricket came in and it drove me crazy because it kept going down into a crack that i couldn't get to and it was it would wake me up every night this fucking cricket was it like one of those like really high chirpy crickets like twiddly Yes. That just sucks. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living that, that rural. I live out in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's great. I love it. If you live out in the middle of nowhere, how do you find roadkill? That's a good question, Jonah. Because people hit, there's deer around and people, people hit them with their cars. Leave it on the side of the road. <laughs> so basically, this only works in America because if you lived in a country without many cars and you lived in the middle of nowhere, you wouldn't be able to find roadkill because there would be not enough well, cars. Well, yeah, if Jonah was living in the fucking Russian steppes where there's no car, like, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, okay. I just had to understand the geography. Where I, where I live... You need a car to get anywhere. You want to you wanna go to the grocery store, it's a 20-minute drive in a car. So, you know, everybody drives everywhere all the time down these windy country roads where, like, 
animals hang out and like so you'll see deer or possums or groundhogs or things just animals on the side i hope of you're the not road. eating possums dude country roads take me home to the place well, I killed many deers with my car. Country roads. I love eating dogs. How many possums have you eaten? Zero. Zero. I feel like possums are a gross animal to me. I mean, like, I would eat one if I needed to, but I don't know. They don't seem appetizing. Honestly, they're not that great. They eat trash. I've always heard that, like, animals that eat stuff that's not grass don't taste amazing. Yeah, you have to cook the absolute shit out of it. All roadkill or just possum? Just possum and scavengers and things like that. You wouldn't want to eat fox because they carry uh, rabies. Jonah, how long before you get a pet raccoon? I've got one. Oh, you do? Let me see it. Let me see it. Oh, that is a good raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> she's mad. She's angry. Oh, she's angry. Uh, Sag. Why are you Sag? Is it because you haven't had enough water today, Walt? That could be why. Water is very, very useful. To be quite honest, I did go drinking yesterday and I don't think I drank enough water. So there's a bit of like vomit in my mouth right now. But uh, <laughs> I'm drinking water to keep that vomit down. Keeping it down with the good old water. That's right. Keeping it down. What, what were you drinking, Walt? Uh, I think I was drinking gin. Oof. Like just straight gin? Yeah, because it was in my house. And I'm an alcoholic. So there's alcohol <laughs> in the house. I have to drink it. No self-control. No self-control. Gin does make me, like, drunk a lot quicker than I expect. I don't know what it is. It mixes well with everything. Any of the light spirits, they, you know, you mix them with stuff and uh, it makes them drink them up quicker. And uh, What's a hard spirit? Like a boxer's ghost? Yeah, a hard spirit like um, rapper's apparition. Like Tupac. Tupac was a hard ghost when he died. Like a bear is my spirit when animal? When Tupac came back from the dead... He did come mm-hmm. back from the dead. Mm-hmm. He did. That was what they did at Coachella. What fucking spiritual spirit animal nonsense are you talking about, Walt? Oh, I just thought you guys were like, you know, being not very cultural appropriate and talking about spirit animals. Like your rabbit is your spirit animal. So you're a weak spirit. My spirit animal is strong because I'm a cultural appropriator and I love being racist. So this kid's book came into the bookstore today. <laughs> <laughs> called 47,000 Beads. It's this cute little kid's book about this uh, indigenous little child who's getting ready to do some, like, dance thing. And it's, like, in, in like, a modern-day setting. The child's, like, talking to her grandma and, like, I don't want to wear the girl's outfit. I don't feel like a girl. It's, like, fuck this. This sucks. And then the grandma's, like, oh, okay, I'll see what I can do about it. And then she goes to her friend and is, like, I'm pretty sure my daughter is a two-spirit. Then they, like, all get together and they make the daughter or the, the child an outfit that, like, reflects the two-spirit identity. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, basically, like, a term within the indigenous community that, according to this book's definition, is anyone who sort of doesn't conform to the traditional binary gender. What I like... <laughs> I thought it was good or funny or interesting. I'm not sure which. Maybe all three. Is it at the end of the book when it has the definitions? It says, this is not a term to be used for anyone who's not an indigenous persons of America. And I was like, okay, book, we're drawing a hard line. Okay, go, go, go. All right. All right, kids, book. Okay. That's actually pretty cool. Okay, no one knows this, but I am a fucking nerd who watches a lot of sports. You love basketball. Oh, yeah, basketball. Basketball, baby. Basketball, love it. You know, you kick the ball and it lands on some cans and the can 
cans go into the recycle basket. I can beat Walter in basketball every time. Oh, you want to do this bit again? You want to do this bit again? You want to fucking foul, I bitch? Forget. I forget. I'm sorry. I like to recycle bits. It's good for the environment. That's true. It's good for the environment. And recycling is good for baskets. Yeah, it's how you scold the bowl. It's how you scold the goal in the basketball goal goal with recycling. Yes. It's a recycling touchdown. Touchdown recycling. Recycling bits to score points. So, anyways, so I started watching basketball, I don't know, maybe like six or seven years ago, seriously. They used to ask the athletes like really casually, hey, what's your spirit animal? No one has ever vocally called it out. But like slowly and slowly, the word spirit animal are like not used anymore. And it's just like two years ago. I was like, wait, when the fuck did they drop this term? Jonah, do you have an animal that you think sort of represents sort of the way you live your life? Or are you that word that Suede just introduced that we can't say? Nah, two spirits different, Wall. It's like a gender thing. It's not an animal thing. Well, I can't use that term technically because... Yeah, uh, Jonah's right. You're not allowed to use that term, Walt. You're not an that indigenous was a person. Joke. <laughs> you say something problematic and I say something even more problematic. You know, we're all indigenous to somewhere. Just saying. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm indigenous from, from Roanoke, Virginia. That's right. That's right, baby. Roanoke represent. That's right. We go to the gym. Muscles. Yeah, Roanoke muscles. muscles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Roanoke muscles. Gonna get a tattoo of a star. Yeah, tattoo of a star, bro. For all the non-Americans, Roanoke is not the exception. It is just as gross and filthy and filled with slobs as literally everywhere else in America. Most of them do just eat Bojangles and are super fat. Jonah and Jonah, the muscle bros. It's just these two Roanoke chats. We're muscle bros. We're like Luigi and Mario. Only we wear glasses. We do. Probably both have anxiety disorders. Yes, definitely. I think <laughs> Luigi and Mario both have anxiety disorders too. Dude. That's true. Luigi does. Luigi's Luigi's very scared of ghosts. Mario's just a big cook. <laughs> okay, Bowser fucks Peach, right? Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. It's consensual. It's like oh, it's definitely consensual. It's definitely consensual. And, and Mario is like more attracted to Peach because Bowser fucks Peach. Yeah, they have a whole ongoing relationship. I think they're all in on it. It's a game they play. I don't think... No, no, no. No, I don't think no? Mario's in on it. I think Mario's being cuckolded really? and he's not into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I you don't, don't think, think I don't Mario's think... a stag? No, if anything, I think that Peach and Mario have, like, a very poor sexual relationship with his, like, tiny Italian plumber dick. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm being kidnapped by Bowser. And then she, like, goes over to Bowser's house and he's like... Hey, you want to drink some peach schnapps? And she's like, oh, yeah. And then they like, he fucking like rails the shit out of Princess Peach. And poor Mario's just jerking his little dick. Maybe Mario's feeling compersion to Peach. Compersion. Compersion. Good word. Good word. Jonah, are you still in an uh, ethically non-monogamous relationship? Uh, no, we're, uh, we are no longer... We're, we're good friends at this point. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Single life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's why you know the word compersion, because you're actually, like, had to deal with that word. I literally just learned that word three weeks ago, and me and Suede are having contentious debates if that word is even real. Because Suede wants to oh, reject 100% real. sexuality out of identity. That's true. I'm, I'm against <laughs> sex. I don't think people should be having sex. And if they do have sex, they should be very jealous of their partners. That's how it should be. I'm Mario! <laughs> I am Mario! I have a tiny... No, if anyone... If, if my spirit animal from the Mario universe, my Mario spirit animal, probably, let's just be honest, it's probably Wario. He's abrasive. He eats a lot of garlic. Ooh, he farts. Yeah. I am all of those things. He also has an anxiety disorder. <laughs> Walter, you're definitely... You're definitely Toad because you're small and Asian. 
Yeah, my eyes are small. <laughs> I think I might be a Goomba. I'm just kind of like bopping around, doing my own thing. Most of the time, Mario's not even going to interact with me because it's like, well, you're going to get like one coin. I feel like you're probably more like a stack of Goombas because of how tall you are. Yeah, I'm the one. I'm that one really big Goomba, just kind of really slow walking around, waddling. You know, that's yeah, that's that's me. Dude, fucking Mario. That's just that's just weird. He's a plumber and he eats mushrooms. So what? What? Who the fuck came up with that? What were those people thinking? Can I ask you a question though? Why do we know he's a plumber? I don't know. I don't know how that is a thing, but it just is. It is known, you know? It's like, how did you know Jesus was white? He just was. We just know this. How did you know Jesus was a... I'm not going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be... You know, if if the Pride episode last week didn't get us canceled, this is going to be the episode. I think you can actually probably, like see the trajectory what's gonna happen is we're gonna get really popular because this is a genius podcast yeah 100 percent. and we're gonna like soar high and then two years into our fame someone's gonna be like you guys have listened to like the old episodes right suede best hates indigenous people hates women and i'll be like it was a goof i'm sorry it was a goof and then i'll have to go on the joe rogan podcast and no one wants to do that oh god nobody yeah that's the worst i want everyone in from the future who's re-listening to this episode make sure you realize every single time i say a problematic joke it's in response to suede walking on some eggshells that pushes me overboard I always do it in response to Swain walking on some type of eggshell. That's so. true. No, when it comes to like a complicated subject that I kind of like don't want to want to hurt any, you know, I don't want to get into it. And Walter's like, fine, then if you're not going to get into it, I will. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess we're going, which is not unlike our conversations when we live together, to be frank. You know, I'd, I'd like to say something to the people in the future, future podcast listeners. What's the future like? What's going on? Are iPhones still a thing? What are the memes like now? Are they different? I I guarantee one of the things they're doing is sweeping trash in space. That's true. Oh, Dude, that's, that's definitely the fucking what they're problem doing. with this movie <laughs> is it's the future and it sucks. They, they do a great job at showing how much the future sucks in this movie. I was watching it with a friend for the first whole first act of this movie. She was like, ah, this is so depressing. I'm just so sad right now. All right, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Let's start it off. All right, yeah. Go ahead, Jonah. Okay, so I wanted to talk about... Wait, which Jonah are you talking about? <laughs> You're the Jonah. <laughs> so I wanted... What, what, what were you going to say? I, I'm you, a, you, I'm you, a, you start her off. Right. Start it off, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I wanted... Let me do that again. Let me just take that again. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about... Um, should I start it off? Yeah, you start it off. You start it uh, off. You know, I just want to talk about... All right, should I... Okay, I'll start it off. All right, here. Uh, I really just want to talk about, you know, <laughs> like the... Uh, let me just drink some water here. Yeah, wait, can I start it off? Can I start it off? Let me just start it off really quickly. Yeah, start it off, Jonah. Start it hey, off, can I Can I start it off? Can I start it off? Yeah, yeah you start, yeah, it, start off. it off. Oh, start it off. Oh, actually, actually, okay, let me try. Actually, let, you know, let, let, let's start. Okay, I'm going to start it off. Okay. Oh, oh actually, I want to start. Okay, you start. Okay, start it off. Okay, yep. let's start it off, guys. Yep. Okay. Start it off. Okay. Okay, if we want to talk oh, about- Oh, let me start. Listen here, you <laughs> Chinese bastard. I'm going to start it off now. I'm in yeah, charge. Yeah, start, start us off. 
<laughs> so we watched uh, Space Sweepers, Korean movie, totally fantastic movie. I was not excited to watch this film, Jonah. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw That's the length. Fair. That's fair. Two hours, 16 minutes. I was like, I like movies, but I don't want to watch a two hour movie. I fucking love this movie. I thought this movie was awesome. It is a little stressful though, right? Because so the basic premise of the movie, the earth gets fucked environmentally. And so some people get to go live on Mars and it's going to be super great. Everyone else has to be stuck on Earth and it sucks. And like they've turned Mars into this like idyllic like suburb. And then, like, everyone's just stuck on this, like, blighted earth wasteland hellscape desert. And one of the ways people make money is by going out and flying around in space and getting, like, space trash and, like, putting it somewhere safely. And then they get paid for the trash, which is a a pretty dope concept. And the first act is literally just people being poor and dying because they can't breathe. And also this group of space people go out and get trash and fight with each other because they're all severely poor and in debt because of the system. They They do a good job of, like that like loop of poverty you know like if you're in debt and then you do something to try to get out of debt but then there's money expenditures going into that and so then that just adds on to the debt just kind of like treading water with uh with like a weight tied to you you know like uh, i mean you and i both probably still have student loans to pay back right uh no no i'm the only one with student loans what the fuck is this (laughs) this is bullshit i have the least net worth of the podcast i'm the poorest one on the podcast i thought i was i thought jonah and i were going to be from the same social strata but as usual i'm the poorest one poor me it's a pity party for me i'm giving you so much pity right now in fact i'm definitely listening to what you're saying (laughs) i care so much Walt, are you just are you just like on YouTube over there? What are you what are you doing over there? <laughs> are you listening well, to music? Just looking at some YouTube, maybe looking at Skid Row videos and like learning about poor people. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like a specimen I try to like connect with sometimes. It's like something I gotta like learn. What is your favorite type of poor person to watch, Walt? <laughs> Watching VR chat, watching poor people play VR chat. Uh, dude, I don't even know. Maybe you. Maybe me. Yeah. The kind that like drinks a lot and smokes cigarettes and like. No, dude, I don't drink anymore, man. I'm a hundred percent sober, bro. Dude, I'm nice. not very woke, so I just dabble in the shallow poor people politics. Therefore, my understanding of the categories I don't really relate to, so I rather not touch <laughs> the subject that much because I don't want to be problematic. You know, I just want to like study them sometimes, but only for twitter i don't know if i ever told you this but when walter and i lived together sometimes walter would get really drunk and then buy a hundred wings a hundred buffalo wings i was there for one of those nights oh, that's true you were you <laughs> were but i don't know if walter did it that night but often walter would be like i'm the richest one so i'm buying a hundred wings eat my wings poor people and like on the one hand i'd be like man that fucking sucks i don't like when he says that to me but on the other hand i'd be like fuck yeah a hundred buffalo wings and so i would just be like all right but fucking 100 wings yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) to be honest the real answer of is there a real answer yeah there is a there is a real answer any medium that romanticizes poor people are my favorite so in space sweepers this romanticization is more like these poor people are anti-villains and they have like heroics and they're just badass so that's pretty cool right yeah 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 I'd love to talk about this classic, like, uh, everybody was, like, caricatures of themselves, which I loved. The villain had that, like, classic creeping, like, something isn't right with him. He's got some kind of, like, health thing going on, or maybe he's crazy, or, like, 
you know, what's up with uh, with all those veins on his face? And then they go away, and why does his voice sound like Darth Vader sometimes? They were doing a lot of, like, classic sci-fi in this movie that were, like, playing on all the, like, classic tropes of, like, the spaceship crew. They've got the badass captain, and they've got the, like cool strong mechanic and you You have a beautiful captain who used to be a space pirate trying to kill the main bad guy you have an ex-child soldier who fought for the bad guy and then found a little girl and then like decided to raise her and realized he couldn't kill people anymore so he's he gets kicked out of the army and then he like is poor and lives with his little girl that he loves as his daughter and he starts like drinking and gambling there's like a ship explosion and like she she flies off into space and he like needs to find her body that's when he becomes a space junk boy catcher there's this ex-korean gangster guy who like he used to be a drug dealer and like a badass and would like cut people's hands off and then there's a robot who's trying to make enough money to get like a skin suit so that the robot looks like a, a real person i'd like to just add a little a little flavor to some of these characters the um the drug dealer was actually the leader of an extremely violent drug cartel and the robot was a mid-air, like, air-to-air assassin who specialized in, like, taking down people in spaceships. Yeah, because the robot, like, when the trash, the robot, like, jumps to the trash and, like, stabs it down with the harpoon. And, like, later when they have spaceship battles, the robot is, like, jumping from spaceship to spaceship with that harpoon, like, blowing up spaceships. It's so fucking badass. It's really it's so good. Cool. It's so good. <laughs> Do you guys like the the captain? The main captain? Oh, I fucking love her. She's great. She's a badass. I love all of her outfits. I want to wear all of her clothing and pretty much be her. I would much rather be the leader of the drug cartel. Because he has superhuman strength. Yeah, because he has dope muscles. When also, I love the the, the uncle because he's like the toughest, baddest guy. But he's like the first one to be like, oh, this little girl's so great. She's such a good kid. He's the first one who's like, oh, I can be Uncle Tiger. Also, are we going to talk about how this robot wants to be like a woman and it's like a trans thing? They had like a traditionally, you know, male voice voicing a robot who identified as a woman. It was pretty yeah, cool. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. When it's also like within the relationship of class and capitalism, right? Because it's not just that like the robot wants to get a woman skin or a human skin, but it's also that like the robot can't afford the woman skin, right? Which is like a, a kind of a thing that a lot of trans people grapple with. Like a top surgery, a surgery. Or, or, you know, hormone therapy or whatever. Yeah, it's expensive shit. Not ever, a lot of, you know, trans folks can't afford that, right? Is the thing that's being played with right there. You, you, you have a cast of characters. Again, it's kind of like starting to t- touch on to Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, um, where you have like a diverse cast of characters who all have like different specialty skills. Um, and I'll have complicated backstories, but I think one of the reasons this feels different than Guardians of the Galaxy in a better way is they're all characters that have, like, a very human experience, like, innately human, right? Like, with the exception of the robot, which has its own kind of thing going on. But, like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, like, Groot got problems, I guess, but, like, how are we supposed to fucking identify with a tree man? Or, like, the rocket raccoon, right, is, like, a, like an experiment. It's like, oh, look how hard his life was. You can't empathize the same way you can with these, like, very human issues. Yeah, in Space Sweepers, they find this girl who's super important because she has special space micro nanobot magical powers that help heal the world and grow plants. But she's just, like, they chose, like, the most adorable little girl so cute tons of good jokes like the the first one that really got me there's like this there's this gag right as they're as they're all finding out they introduce her as a bomb like in the media so so that like everybody knows to look out for her and like report her to the cops because she's gone missing or whatever and she shows up on the main 
on, on the ship uh, with the with this crew. They all realize she's a bomb, and they like hit the deck because she's she looks like she's about to sneeze, and she sees everybody just lie down, and she just lies down with them. It's oh just, yeah, like, this dude, hilarious. she just fucking it's, lies down. Yeah, <laughs> this it's just such a good visual gag that got me on board for sure. But yeah, it's just them, you know, having that classic experience of like seeing a child and like how the child views the world and that changing something inside of themselves and helping them grow as people. At the end, you find out that the main bad guy is going to, the only way to destroy this little girl because of her super nano powers is to expose her to a flame as hot as a nuclear bomb. So they're going to put her in a giant space factory and explode the bomb. And as it rockets to earth, it's going to hit the earth and like explode and destroy the earth because of like the force of the impact. And this guy's like, that's right. I'm going to do my space eugenics on earth. All the main characters like, Oh no, oh no. What are we going to do? So they have to save the little girl, but they can't deal with the bomb. The bomb is like too complicated to deal with. So the, the way the end of the movie is set up is like, so we're going to just fly the little girl outside the bomb's radius. And they're like flying real fast and they're trying to get there and they're trying to get there, but they're not 100% sure they can get there. They like do all their crazy space battle shits and the robot is like blasting all the ships out and, uh, you know, like they've got cannons and all this crazy shit. And then at the end, they're like about to be out of the area, but they're not going to make it in time because the bad guys like got a hold of his ship. And the main guys are like, well, it was good being with you. It was good. I loved being on the crew with you guys. Then the main bad guy like pulls open the pod bay doors expecting to see the little girl but instead the bomb is there and as it turns out what they've done is they've flown the bomb away not the little girl (laughs) so they're going to sacrifice themselves and this was at the point that i started feeling emotional we can say start feeling feelings that i haven't felt a long time as they're like saying their goodbyes and the like bomb is exploding and everyone's like these people just saved the world i start like tearing up a little bit and stuff like that i'm like oh my god this is so i'm just tearing up and then fucking the little girl has saved them with her nanobot powers and she's like they're still alive and i start crying i just start crying and i'm like it's not like super crying i'm just regular crying and then it cuts to the little girl's voiceover whose dad is dead he got like killed by the main bad guy they're all living together as a family and she's like writing a letter to her dead dad about how they're a family now and i start like i start i'm sobbing at this point i'm actively sobbing and then the little girl is like i'm gonna use my space nano powers to let you say goodbye to your daughter who's out dead in space and i just like finally lost it i was like weeping at that point i was like holding a pillow like The entire, like, the last 10 minutes of the film was just me crying. And this is, this is, this doesn't normally happen to me. I very rarely, I got teared up at the ends of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and the end of, uh, the end of Azumanga Dayo always makes me a little teary-eyed. But this is the first time a movie's made me wept since I was 12 years old and watched Click. So I, I don't wow. know. This this movie hit me mad hard. This movie gave me some, like, deep emotional stuff going on. I think it's because you're working out. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably because you're working out. Do <laughs> you think, like, my muscles have, like, increased my tear production? Yes, because every single fucking masculine person in the entire world always loves to tell you, I'm a man. I like being a man. But sometimes I cry. Okay, well, I've always but been a super masculine... Sometimes mas- I cry. I've always been a super sometimes masculine donger man, Walter. I've always been a man's sometimes man. Sometimes I cry. What about when you cry? I never brag. I just fucking cry, dude. I don't ever <laughs> talk about it. I just cry all the time. I just fucking cry. There's no, like built up about crying for me i just fucking cry dude i get too drunk i get too vulnerable and i hurt someone and i'm embarrassed or i don't know my feelings are not that fucking 
but sometimes I cry. There's a but. Look, I'm not in my saying cry. that I'm like some masculine man who like is just crazy. I just like don't cry very often. It's not like something I'm good but at. Sometimes I cry. Oh my god! Fuck you! Fuck you all! <laughs> okay, Jonah, did you cry? Yeah. So I cry at the fucking drop of a hat. You know, I cry at any old movie. Like the last movie I watched was um everything, everywhere, all the time, all at once, or whatever. I'd say a good third of that movie. The whole last last third of that movie i was weeping the entire time did you cry in space sweepers though no i did not shed a single tear at space sweepers i didn't even get choked up i don't know what suede's on about but uh dude it's it's, <laughs> it's probably like the dad stuff i don't know dad stuff always gets me where's like, the dad you know, stuff like, where's I, the dad I, stuff I, I, I cry like you know because like the little girl saying goodbye to her dead dad and like the dad saying goodbye to his dead little girl and like I don't know man it just yeah but wh- why were you crying with the bomb stuff then I wasn't crying I, w- I was I was getting teary eyed I wasn't like crying did that have yet. anything to do with the dad stuff well, because because that's new part? family you know that, that's also that, yeah, that yeah, was her yeah, new they're... family you know that's it wasn't just the end where, where the little girl was calling them her family she's been calling these people like uncle you know and like like auntie and um, yeah. you know drawing them okay. there's like, like i did not know you had a new family wait sweet are you adopted yeah i'm adopted well I'm, ado- <laughs> I'm adopted i'm actually walter i never told you this but your parents and my i am your brother your actual flesh and uh, then how come when you eat a little bit of spicy you cry because you're a baby i oh, eat tons of spicy, spicy food are you kidding me spicy. i'm gonna fuck I you know, i'm gonna fuck you well how about that when you we're gonna see I'm gonna make wee sweet consensual love to you. How about that, Walter? I'm gonna fill my anal butthole with a bunch of spice so your dick gets spicy <laughs> and then you cry again. Oh, little spice, my dick is full of little spice. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't eat spicy food. It makes my, it makes my butthole spicy. It's too much. My tongue loves it, but the rest of my entire GI tract is like, uh-uh, get that out of here. When you can't drink milk to deal with it because you're also a lactose boy, right? Well, uh, yeah, 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 I, I've been a little bit better about lactose these days. Like, I'm eating eating cheese <laughs> nice eating yeah. a nice a fromage i don't think milk helps i mean okay if it's about taste you're struggling with then milk helps but if it's not about taste then how does milk help the spicy stuff i just imagine it'd be the same i just no, imagine like if it's good for the mouth why wouldn't it be good for the guts uh-uh. yeah no it's it's a different different thing reads anime manga yeah i watch i watch some anime yeah i haven't read much manga we used to watch naruto together in middle school we, oh I fuck would, like, go yeah to Jonah's house and we'd dude it. i fucking memorized um, the hand oh. signals yeah yeah jonah could memorize the hand signals. Well, i i didn't have cable growing up so we would go over and watch naruto and then after naruto was over andy milanakis would come on oh fuck yeah we used to make Andy Milanakis spoofs, like uh, like with our little home video. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> on VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know where those are. I'd like to find them and maybe <laughs> put them on YouTube, just for everyone to see. <laughs> It'd be terrible. It'd be. It good. would be terrible. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Vinland Saga? The guy who wrote Vinland Saga, he wrote a manga beforehand called Planetes, which is about janitors in space. The debris in this film is like. 
I don't know, way more complicated where they're like competition and people are trying to like grab space shit and use like technology. Everyone's just doing it because it's like the easiest job to get rich. This movie's got a lot of metaphor in it without being too heavy handed. They're literally competing over trash to survive. Also in like space sweepers, the big disasters are super catastrophic and it's like way more epic. Plantas is like the space janitors. They're more focused on not breaking a leg when you walk out of a ship or getting space disease, which is like a psychological depression that you can be diagnosed for more than like, oh, it's just trauma background. So it's more like it's more like garbage collectors now. In Planetes, it sort of feels more like something that is more believable in the future. And I think the manga is really good at focusing on small details. For example, very early on, you find out that like smoking is really frowned upon because it wastes space stations oxygen supplies. Is this a five star 100% Walter would read suggestion? Planetus? Yeah, 1 million percent. It's incredibly unique in my opinion. And I honestly like it more than Vinland Saga. Can you do the 100% five star reading jingle, Walt? that you do every time you do this segment yes oh yeah dun 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 kawaii does moiko moiko kawaii all right that's good dude that's my favorite segment i love that jingle i love that jingle yeah it's a good jingle it's a good segment vinland saga is good for anyone who's interested i i've not re- kept up with it but it's pretty good historical fiction manga about vikings and shit so it's planetis historical fiction and so is space sweepers to be honest <laughs> it's interesting to me that because one of the main reasons i wanted to to talk about this was because when i was watching it the first time i watched it i was like wow this is Really, it feels unique watching this because it's like something that I can't quite put my finger on. What is this that I'm watching? About halfway through, I realize what it is. It watches just like a live action adaptation of an anime. But it's a good one, too. It's not just a live adaptation. I mean, this is like, like, this has got some heavy Cowboy Bebop vibes, but it's good. Not like the live action anime adaptation of Bebop. Really? You don't like the live action animated version of Bebop? No, fuck that, man. It sucks. You actually tried it? I watched like the first 15 minutes and was like, this is not as good as the show. Also, why is Harold from Harold and Kumar Cowboy Bebop? What is wrong with this shit? I, I didn't think it was a bad cast. He's not, he can't be Spike Spiegel. Spike Spiegel's supposed to be old and grizzled. He could have been Donnie Yen. I would have put Donnie Yen. Spike is not supposed to be old and grizzled. Spike is young and naive and like, he grew up too fast on the streets, but he's still like early 20s at the most. He's young? Yeah. I always assumed he was like late 30s. No, no, no. He, He had like a... You know, his troubled past, but I always imagined he was like a teenager when that happened, you know? I never watched Cowboy Bebop, but my favorite stills to see was always how, like, dressed up the three characters were. And then the stills with the corgi. It's so fucking funny. Because they're all, like, super up in makeup, and then there's just random realistic corgi that they're just holding. Why didn't they dress up the corgi? That's honestly what they should have done. What do you mean? Like, made a corgi suit or something? No, like, give the corgi a bit of makeup so the style doesn't have to look that inconsistent. Dude, you remember when we used to try and put rain boots on Toby? You can't put makeup on a dog, dude. (laughs) You can't make a dog act anyways, so you might as well just fucking put fucking makeup on them how what kind of makeup would you put on the dog wall lipstick lipstick's a good one yeah on a snout yeah. would the lipstick just go on the very front or would it go all the way around would it just be on the like underneath the nose or would it go all the <laughs> way around the whole snout 
I don't know, Jonah, next time your mom and dad come into town, I'll try and put lipstick on your terrible giant wolf dog. It would just make her think she's a human even more than she already thinks. Every time I see that dog, I think a full metal alchemist in like the oh, first God. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is like that. For those who don't, who might not have watched it, there's a, there's a plot arc where they mix a, a human, like a little girl and a dog into this terrible heart-wrenching monster. Yes, no, that dog looks sad and angry and it's extra fucked up in the show because it's the dude's daughter. Oh, yeah. And he, like, ruins his daughter's life. That dog is very big and very sad, and it's one of those dogs that could, like, definitely kill a baby, but also if its stomach flips, it's gonna die. So it's, like, this weird combination of, like, delicate and deadly. It, l- it looks like a, like a dragon with AIDS. If any of you played Elden Ring, the really sickly furry dogs in Elden Ring that, like, give you scarlet rot in two hits, that's what this dog looks like. Oh, so it doesn't have as much hair than Fullmetal Alchemist's dog. Uh, no, it's not near. No, 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 it's, no. it's not as shaggy. But it's just the energy and the size. Also, the dog in Fullmetal Alchemist doesn't try to bite people, and I'm pretty sure that dog, if it got a chance, would bite my nuts off. Fuck dogs! They're only ta- used for tastiness. I will be honest with you all. I do not think this dog would be tasty. I think Toby, the corgi no. you lived with, would have been delicious. But yeah, corgi fucking would that be dog, delicious. Mm-mm. Stringy and bitter. I'd take a corgi over that dog any day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want your corgi with the tail or without the tail? Dude, you make dog tail soup. It's just like oxtail soup. I wanted to talk about more about how it was like anime. I'm going to start us like, off. Uh, about- if we want to talk about anime and this, I think... Yeah, start us off. I'm, I'm starting us off! <laughs> uh, one of the things I think is like really worth focusing on is the idea of like characters' backstories being like a narrative focal point that doesn't require like a lengthy flashback. Oh, I gotcha. There's no starting point. Oh my god. So you don't have to why, start her why off. Why don't you huff my balls, Watt? How about that for an anime? Huh? How about I fucking activate my bonkai of my ball sack in your mouth. No, I... One of the things manga and anime is terrible at is, like, giving you these fucking bullshit lengthy backgrounds. And I liked that in this, the backgrounds are short and sweet, which is why it feels a little bit more like a Western Except, blockbuster. Uh, there is the, just, like, an entire sequence devoted to like the main character's background and his his dead daughter with like all kinds of exposition and voiceover from the robot and like it it just felt like something straight out of an anime i think i think what suede is getting at though is that from my experience korean pop culture doesn't give their anti-heroes enough heroism for you to like root for them 100%. In American culture, usually your anti-hero just looks like a fucking hero. In Japanese culture, usually your anti-hero has this huge flashback that almost gives the anti-hero enough vulnerability, sympathy that you will like end up sympathizing. Like, you know, when Itachi fucking smiles at Sasuke and it's like, oh my god, Itachi is great! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Itachi! <laughs> oh, oh Wait, what? so good! I'm so sad! I'm crying! Oh, my muscles! My muscles are making uh, me Korean cry! Korean movies, in my experience... Don't interrupt me while I'm doing my muscle crying bit, What? I apologize for interrupting you. You're right. Your crying is special and I should be more aware of it. And Yeah, because uh, I cry all the, the time, space. Walter. I'm not just a masculine muscle man who only cries sometimes. I cry all the time. But sometimes I cry. <laughs> is that a meme? I don't... If you want the fucking real truth, my brother has a bunch of friends in Hong Kong and one of his friends... Every single fucking time I've met him, they're always having huge discussions about, I don't know, some fucking thing about being a man. And every single time, he always shares a story about, 
and I cried. And I've developed it into a meme that goes, but sometimes I cry. Well, I mean, I, I, no, but you are right, Walter. There is this sort of like masculine narrative of like nothing is more masculine than being able to admit a time in which you were overcome with emotion, right? That like you're such a man that nothing will make you cry except this. I understood it, you know, without context. I could have, I could have used that meme. I just didn't know it's, I didn't know its origin or anything like that. I, I hadn't, I hadn't seen the flashback. <laughs> it's, it's flashback. <laughs> yeah, no. I, let me start. Let me start. Let me start <laughs> the flashback. Um, so basically, Wait, so are you gonna start? <laughs> I'm gonna come. I actually just don't think Korean movies give any ounce of enough heroism to their characters for you to feel any type of like relationship to their characters' heroics. Are, are you saying that, like, so for instance, if we want to talk about antiheroes, we're gonna talk about like, like, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Shadow the Hedgehog. We're gonna talk All about right, Shadow yeah, the fuck Hedgehog. Yeah, let's talk about Shadow the Hedgehog. He runs so fast. He runs very fast. But he also curses. He also says damn and uses a gun. Super fucking quickly. In the last podcast, you were talking about how you love things that just go fast. This movie does that too, and they uh, just go fast with their spaceship. That's like the whole point. They, <laughs> they do go, go fast. They <laughs> dude, do go he, real like, fast. Dude, the muscle guy has to push it, and he starts going faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't, I don't see where you're co- like. I don't know much Korean media when it comes to anti-heroes but in this movie i feel like they almost didn't have enough anti like they were all hero all the time and there's like in some of those sequences where they're just like being a family and haha fun squirting water on each other scene it's like no that guy was a fucking murderer and that guy ran a fucking drug cartel yeah but the main character sucks he's like actually annoying and cringe like there's nothing about the main character that's true the main character is a little bit he's a little milk toast well, because they get ready to sell a child. I mean, they're like they they do, and they like steal stuff from like all the other space sweepers. I, I I agree with Jonah actually that I don't think they're as dark as and brooding as they can be. But I also think that a blockbuster movie like this can't have an antihero whose whole thing is like, yeah, I used to kill kids. It's not about the fact that the antiheroes are more dark and brooding. It's the fact they lack the type of heroism that they need to make them really heroes, which is not common in most American films and Japanese media. It's less about they're really anti-villains. It's more that they're just not capable heroes. They, they literally don't become heroes until they decide to save the girl. They're just like everyday kind of assholes, right? But I think that's one of the things that's like, I don't know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, their, their whole anti-hero vibe is that they just like kind of blow shit up on accident a lot. The whole, the whole premise of why they're like, you know, like rough around the edges is because when they do their superhero shit, they like tend to cause mass destruction a little bit. But they also have charisma. Yeah, but all these characters have charisma. Yeah, that pilot? Or not the pilot, the fucking captain? I just can't agree. I feel like all the characters deal with their problems in a way that makes it all uncharismatic. No, the, the main guy's so badass when he's, like, doing all his cool tricks. Really? And when, I dude, when he like being a shitty Nah, character. dude, he's so cool when he, like, <laughs> fucking rides the ship and he, like, pushes on the gas. And when, like, the drug cartel guy, he's, like, using his muscles and he's, like, for some reason their engine requires manual labor. I'm not quite sure why he's like cranking he's down in the steam room he's just like pushing <laughs> she's like Ugh, clink, clink, 
creek to like make the ship like connect better with the fuel or something. It like makes no sense. They they have their moment, and the robot the robot has so much panache. Oh, the robot is very charismatic for sure. Okay, okay. So, Jonah, what else do you find this related to anime stuff? Overacting. With anime adaptations, they're trying to be faithful with how it sounded like in the anime. And so a lot of the time, everyone's like super over makeup and like doing crazy things with hair gel to make it look wild. And everyone's like ex- having like exaggerated reactions to things. And, and this is like similar. Like the pilot has like crazy hair and like their reactions are just that much more intense, you know? They're kind of hamming it up a little bit. I I know you usually watch movies with the dub rather than subtitles. Have you seen this movie with its subtitles? I have not. I've only watched the dub. Okay. uh, Because letters are hard. Because letters are hard, yeah. I think if you, now that you've, like, seen the movie fresh in your mind, I would watch it again with the subtitles because I think actually some of the reason it's going to remind you of an anime is because of the problems that manifest when you dub something, right? This is one of the things I noticed, because I watched the first half with the dub, and the second half with the subtitles. Because I I knew Jonah was going to be watching it dubbed, and I knew Walt was going to be watching it with subtitles. I think Bubs is a really interesting example, because she, in the first section, when I watched it with subtitles, her acting is actually the best out of all the dubs, right? I mean, that was kind of my feeling. Was like, she's the one who feel that she was my favorite character in the dub, right? And it's because there's no facial things that they have to like try and mirror. They don't have to mirror the character's expressions because the robot just does its robot thing. And when you, when they switched to Korean, the robot still felt the same. And so I think, I think one of the issues with dubbing a movie like this that's so action packed is that it sometimes feels like a little melodramatic because the actors are having to try and use their voice to emulate an expression they're not making. I think that's why cartoons as well. Cartoons. Up until you get, like, these really, like, like low-energy cartoons, cartoons with voice acting have a similar feeling of being melodramatic, right? It's not until you get things like Daria or Bob's Burgers where you have something understated. No, no, no. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I think that's, yeah, that's a really good point. I will say the dub is good. The dub is not bad. Like, I, I watched, like, a good hour with, with the dub on, and it's still super enjoyable, right? Like, it, like some of those odd, those old Godzilla movies, you can, like, struggle a little bit with the dub, right? Or, like, the joke is how poorly they're dubbed and stuff like that. But this, like, the dub is, like, solid. <laughs> I'm stuff. trying to hold back because I feel like the only reason why Jonah thinks this movie is like anime and manga from his explanation is because he thinks all asian media just looks like asian yeah media. no i'm f- i'm <laughs> fucked <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right jonah you just think it's because they're asian canceled jonah's canceled hashtag cancel jj not js i mean the majority of my relationship with asian media is through dubs and so like those tend to be overacted. So, like, yeah, no, I think... <laughs> Dude, we've, we've discovered it. We've tapped into the Ur moment, the genesis. I think they should take Marvel movies and then dub them in English. I would love that. Yeah, it'd be cool. Especially if you could get, like, weird voice actors to do it. A little bit hammed up. Walter hates this game. He thinks it's a bad game, but we're going to play it anyways. Jonah, if you were going to recast the voice actor for Guardians of the Galaxy for Chris Pratt, who would it be? How about we play this game instead? If you were going to whitewash Space Sweepers, who would you use? (laughs) Obviously, I would play every character. I will tell you, I was, like, enjoying this movie so much that halfway through it, I started writing a D&D campaign based in the universe. I I have to make a Space space Sweepers campaign. I want to put my players out in space collecting trash this is gonna be so badass but jonah so who would you who would you have voice act chris pratt in guardians of the galaxy 2 george clooney why george clooney 
because he's gruff but can uh can go there you know like he uh same reason I would I would cast him as Batman. Well, who would you have be Chris Pratt? I would choose Mayo Flanagan, the <laughs> voice actor of Naruto, so Chris Pratt could go believe it. Actually, well, can we take that again and you say a Cheeto, so it's like a callback to when we played this game before in the other episodes? What? I don't remember this callback. Like, you don't remember when we were talking about how you hate this game and you were like, it's like a Cheeto. It's a Cheeto. Oh, what is- yeah, yeah, exactly. I still don't fucking really get why it's funny. Exactly. Because. So you should have said a Cheeto. Let's do it again. Don't include this whole bit. Don't include that last part. We're going to do this no, again. No, but my last part was good. Imagine Chris Pratt looking at the camera and going, No, no it's not it. going to be as good as the Cheeto bit. Uh- <laughs> I think we should include this part about hey, talking listeners, the bit. Hey, listeners, please. You're not breaking out of immersion. Your ears are blind. You're not listening to this. One, two, three. Forget your name. Forget your name. Forget your name. Wake up. Forget your name. Wake up. Wake up. You're in a coma. Achino! 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 <laughs> if this bit was so fucking funny, I could just pick anything. I can pick a fucking window or a red curtain, and it would just be We're the same as fucking George Clooney. Now, Walter, if you were going to make a poster of this movie, what would you make it? A white wall. A white wall. A white wall. If your name is Amber and you're listening to this podcast, you're in Forget a coma. Forget your name. Forget your name. Achito. Forget your name. <laughs> Achito. This is actually something I'm a little curious about because this film was marketed as the first blockbuster from Korea. Okay, there's like Bollywood, but are those blockbusters? question mark they spend a lot of money so it feels like a blockbuster and a lot of people watch them this film is like one of the first films that actually made me think about the word blockbuster and be like wait do most blockbusters just come from america and number two how do you define a blockbuster because korea has had a bunch of like gangster ass fucking nor movies that were like super action-packed the host or snowpiercer but no one calls them blackbusters, Fucking right? Fucking Old Boy's Korean, right? Yeah, but Old Boy's very small. So that I understand as Wait, like- Wait, really? Okay. I thought Old Boy was like a big successful hit. No, I mean like small in like it doesn't take place in a lot of places. There's not that many actors. That's what I meant. That like there are some big movies from Korea, but people consider them art house movies. So I think this movie reminded me a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it has a lot of the traditional trappings. You have different characters with like a complicated past who don't always get along, but are forced to get along. A lot of the action scenes are not just in small spaces, like they take place all over. So the sets that you have to build, like require a lot of space. And also the music, it hits very similar musical beats, where like the music goes along with the action in a very different way than like these like much smaller movies. I think the reason you can call this movie a blockbuster is because it really mirrors a lot of Western blockbusters, right? A lot, especially like American superhero movies. I know like China is really famous for trying to have blockbusters, like Wolf Warrior 1 or Wolf Warrior 2, they're not going to be called blockbusters in like the global sphere because people think they're like too patriotic or something like that. But technically, I mean, if you're talking about like the number of people you put in, the space of the movie, the sort of cliches of a film, Wolf Warrior 1 and Wolf Warrior 2 are basically blockbusters. They're just not going to be in the taste for the Western audience. Do you think it's fair to call 
global viewpoint, a Western viewpoint at this point in time. Like, not saying that's good, but that that's kind of just like the way media trends. I don't know if it's fair or not fair. For me, that's how I would see it. Okay, fuck it. I'll do a self-call out. I I apologize. Recently, I was listening to a Hassan Twitch streams. Sometimes I get fucking bored. I watch Hassan. I apologize. What is that? I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is, I don't know what what you're talking about, yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, Well, The people who know will know. And both also care about Hassan. He's like the biggest Twitch streamer who like does politics. The right hate him because he's too left. The left hate him because they think he's like a hypocrite and a grifter. It doesn't fucking matter why he's bad. He's just a very... He uses the left to be very pop because he has 30,000 listeners. So it's a little unconvincing for some people. Basically, he's just involved in all the pop politics stuff, which is a trashy way to understand politics, Is which is why I'm calling myself out for it. Anyways, yeah, he said, like, one of the most underrated things that America managed to export is culture. Yeah, 100%. And no other place has really been able to do that. It doesn't even matter if I call the global sphere West or not west or whether or not you believe it if you believe america managed to export their culture the best in the world then the domination of how you understand the global will be american based because i i think this film is very much like has a globalist viewpoint and one that sort of has issues with the western dogmas let me just spell it out in this movie almost everyone who lives on mars in the beautiful space suburbs speaks english and is like doing great a majority of them are white and the main villain only ever speaks English. When you go back on Earth, everyone has these translators put in and all speak different languages, right? Our main cast speaks Korean. There's a main character who sounds like he's speaking French. He might be speaking like Haitian Creole. I don't know. There are characters who speak Russian and they're all communicating, right? So everyone who's downtrodden is not speaking English. And as it turns out, the people who are colonizing Mars are part of the reason why Earth got fucked up. And the dude who's working to colonize Mars to completion is going to go destroy Earth because he hates everyone on Earth because they're like subhuman and they have bad genetics based on morality that you can like tell a person's morals based on their genetics. It seems to me like this is like a very like globalist narrative that's what it is this is a global narrative right like the 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 narrative that we have that we're starting to ever a lot of people are starting to agree with is that the west fucked up hard and continues to fuck up hard i don't know it it, it feels like a blockbuster in that way but this movie like has statements that everyone can sort of grok onto because of like the modern 2021-22 conversation right I wouldn't be surprised if you are going to be more sensitive to its critiques on the westernization stuff, and I'm going to be more sensitive on the way the blockbuster frames itself to align with western ideas. And it's not just a blockbuster thing. It's it's probably applies to every single movie in the world, even like the movies that have no plot and are just colors and I'm like and then everyone's like oh my god, it's so experimental, but maybe there is a language of film that that film takes part in that's global that people don't want to admit to because 100% Parasite is like that a lot of people who watch Parasite are extra excited because they feel like it critiques some type of identity that everyone relates to because there's almost this global sort of class critique going on but I'm very sensitive to Parasite's way of aligning its characters and, and metaphors to 
be part of that global sphere where Westerner people can accept it. Jonah, every time Walter says global sphere, it makes me want to say globosphere, which makes me think of robosphere, which is the only good bit from our podcast. Robosphere. Robosphere. He's the robot version of Robespierre. Oh, robosphere. Robosphere. And he eats his soldiers for, he drinks their blood for fuel. I was just talking about Robespierre. There were some friends of mine, they were all getting together. They're like, hey, let's do a drunk history night. And then it is that just morph- where you get drunk and watch drunk history no it's where it's where you do drunk history you drink and then you talk about historical things but then it turned into drunk personal history where it's like get drunk and then talk about stories from your past that people might not know i, I didn't end up going to it because i was like you know i just want to get drunk and talk about robespierre guy was fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> he was crazy and he and yeah. he turned his soldiers into fuel he, he drank Did their he? blood for fuel Seriously? He was a giant robot. Yeah, he was a giant robot. Robosphere. Oh my god! Can I just quickly clarify that I'm not complaining about Space Sweepers with my conversation about Western Blockbuster? It's not because Space Sweeper does that, that, oh, it should stop doing that. It's more no, like- No, no, this movie's fucking interesting perfect. No, yeah. Because- Even if this movie uses Western or global language to make itself secede, that doesn't mean it doesn't bring a part of the Korean identity into that global sphere, which is already incredibly important. But it does make me wonder, is it possible to make a blockbuster while breaking down everything Western about yourself? Because it kind of seems like it's impossible. I mean, you can't, you can't, even, even a film that wants to critique the West can't actually escape the grasp of the West, right? I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing. I feel like a film that does do it would be itself like a project in not using the West. And like, that would be like almost a selling point or like, and everyone will be like, oh, this is so different from normal blockbusters, which is why it's so good. But like, that's still like, it's like in its shadow or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like one of the the hardest parts about trying to sort of resist things you find negative, right? Is that it's hard to, by, by rejecting a binary, you're in some ways reinforcing it by acknowledging its existence. This is, I mean, Walter and I talked about this on the last episode, but this is, this is why I gravitate towards not using terms to define human sexuality is that like as soon as you do that you're reinforcing other things that exist and i know a lot of people who disagree with me on this celine for instance really disagrees with me heartedly we we have like pretty intense arguments about this about the idea of labels in general as a way to sort of like self-identify yeah and i disagree yeah. Well, more. I think there's a time and place. That's. I mean, that's true. And, and I, I've said. I've said this. I don't know if I've said this in the podcast, but it's probably worth mentioning. Like, I, I don't have a problem with people using any identity signifiers, right? I mean, I have some. I call myself a man. I call myself a writer. Those are like identity sign- signifiers. What about I just, the third like, one? Like a muscle boy, a Chad. A muscle man? No, a nose. Sometimes you say, yo, I'm a nose. I'm a nose. I'm a big sniffer. Is that a crack about my Judaism, Walt? Oh, Are you being fuck. anti-Semitic right I now? Ooh, backpedal. Get canceled, Walt. Get canceled now. Apologize to the Jews of the world. <laughs> I apologize. Israel is a state. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, no, no. Walter, no, oh, no. backpedal. <laughs> Jonah, one of the things I will never forgive your mother and father for is we were, like, hanging out when we were little at one of their, like, campfire events, and we were, like, all going around telling jokes. And my uncle, who's Jewish, has this Jew joke he used to tell. And it's the one about the three kids, right? There's the black kid, the Italian kid and the Jewish kid and the Catholic preacher comes up and says, you know, if one of you kids can tell me who the um, the greatest person on earth is, I'll give you a dollar. And I'm not sure I'm going to tell the whole joke on the podcast in case people don't want to hear this anti-Semitic joke, but 
It was a joke that was told to me as a Jew by a Jew. I thought this was appropriate in like a Jewish context. And I, I, we were all going around telling jokes. It was like, it's my turn to tell a joke. And I was like, my uncle does this great joke. He does all these voices. And I tell this joke. I do it just like my uncle. Crickets. Absolutely. <laughs> and then your mom looks at me and, he, and, she, and she's like, Suede, do you know what that joke means? And I was like, well, yeah, it's like funny, right? Like that's, what, you know, and they're like, Suede, that's, you can't say jokes like that. That's totally inappropriate. <laughs> do you hate jews and i wanted to be like i'm pretty sure i'm one of you guys like i'm pretty sure what is going on and thus began my career of like thinking it was okay to say something and then it not being what a rich career it's developed into it's dude it is a it is a fabulous career the height of that career may have been when i was playing never have you ever and i was very drunk and very anxious my freshman year of college and my turn came around and i had nothing left to say so i said never have i ever had a parent die and that was a bad move on my part that's a bad i think that uh one's pretty funny (laughs) i mean it was a good icebreaker now they can all relate to one another jesus christ get a fucking life That's right, fuck orphans! You hear that, orphans? Fuck you! Get a life, orphans! Look, any of our orphan listeners, I'll be your dad, or your mom, or your... What are some gender-neutral parental terms? Like, um, Zozo, or Fafa, like, whatever? Keep them coming, bud. You're rocking it. Keep them coming. This is my Yoba Yoba. This is Yoba Gaba. Goma. This is uh. Yoba Gaba. I like progenitor. Progenitor is my favorite gender-neutral term to describe a parent. This is progenitor one and progenitor two. some hype shit that happened on Twitter, just in case anyone cares. Fucking The Last Unicorn's Twitter uh, has been responding to our tweets about The Last Unicorn. So that's, that's fucking awesome. That's awesome. that's a win right there. Yeah, that is a fucking win for sure. Thank you, at Last Unicorn 40. Please and thank you. I love you. I love you so much. Uh, also, Claudia... <laughs> Claudine at Marcin Claudine. She recently followed us. She's an indie author, writes tales of magic, mystery, and darkness. Do not direct message her, is what it seems like. So Jonah, is there anything uh, anything you want to tweet? Anything you wanna you wanna shout out? Yeah, I got some shout outs. I got some shout outs. Uh come on over World three oh one on RuneScape, uh Lumpy Biscuit, you know. Oh, yeah. Um you know, hit me up, West Varrock Bank. Uh, that's that's usually my spot. Do you have m- Mithril? Uh, I've got Mithril. I've got Adamant. I got Rune. I got you. Hit me up. Just say hey, yo, big fan of the podcast. Uh, you know that's true. Where are my RuneScape bros at? It's been a million years <laughs> since I played, but you can't get that shit out your blood, bro. Do you play OG RuneScape or do you play the new update? No, old school. Old school RuneScape, OSRS for life. I prefer. Yeah. I thought I was done. I'm not done. <laughs> You're never done. It's like dopamine shit, dude. It's just like when you play those like gotcha games where it just like rolls to get a new cute like waifu. It's just like straight dopamine when you see your skills go up. Did you guys used to like follow a girl and then like just walk around in circles and then pretend you guys were having sex? No. Like no. they followed no. you and you followed no. them. <laughs> No. no. No? Never? No. Oh, okay. No. no. I was too busy no. getting, like, real real chicks and I was too busy fucking for real, bro. <laughs> I was too busy getting fucking laid with my sick muscles. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. 
Oh, also, of course, like, catfishing is like, I, I, who knows and whatever, but I don't really care because I played the girl too. And then sometimes I played the guy. Wait, what? What is going on now? What are you talking about? No, yeah, sometimes you play the girl. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, like when you're online and you're like looking for a BF, looking for a, a BF in Adventure Quest or whatever? Yeah, but in this case, I'm talking about RuneScape specifically. There was actually one time, I swear to God, I actually felt a little horny playing a girl and letting a guy like give me stuff. Well, that sounds like something you would say, Well. <laughs> It's like something you'd say that's like totally good, totally cool. You know, it shouldn't be weird to me. I'm like a forward thinking guy. You should ex- explore that a little bit, you know, like that, you know, no shame. I'm not going to yuck your yum. I think in the non-virtual world, my sexuality is a little less fluid per se than a lot of other people. But I think online, there's almost like a virtual sexuality and a unvirtual sexuality. Like, I'm literally discovering something new in my brain. My brain is activating right now. Like, I could write a fucking paper. Jonah, do you want to plug your legit-ass business? Because you're doing something very cool that I don't know mo- many people are doing. Oh, sure, yeah. So, uh, my legit-ass business, I'm a, I'm a bookbinder. I make journals. I do minor repairs on, on books and things. You can find me on Instagram at uh, woodstockbookstock. Oh, it's Woodstock underscore Bookstock. Well, we'll tweet an Instagram. I've got a Flickr. I started on Flickr, and then nobody followed my Flickr. <laughs> we'll Flickr so a Twitter. We'll Instagram a Twitter. We'll send it. We'll put it in a bird's mouth. We'll put it in a bird, and we'll throw the bird into the sky, and the bird will tell everyone to buy Jonah's books. For the ignorant, Jonah, could you explain to me what in the fuck's name is bookbinding, and why do we need bookbinding when magic doesn't even exist anymore, so you don't need to bind magic into books anymore? Okay, well, I'd like to s- start on the second part of your question, if I can. Uh, magic definitely exists. I don't know what you're talking about. If Maybe you don't witness the magic, my brother, but uh, <laughs> you, it's out there. It's out there? Your urban city lifestyle has kept you away from magic, but Jonah Jonah, who's deep in the woods, communes with the fairies. Is it because these self-sacrificing bookbinders are protecting me from magic? Well, no, I think it's uh, just like in uh, Space Sweepers, like the villain put his hands up in the dirt and then his hands were all dirty. You just got to get your hands, put them in the dirt and it's in there like a little like a little pig looking for truffles. Just get down in the dirt. The magic's out there. Next time when I take my <laughs> shit, I will put my hands into my poop and develop into the a scat toilet. fetish. I mean, if you mix that around with like some dried leaves, maybe some old food, and then just some other soil, and then just let that sit for like a year or so, that's actually really Is good. Is Jonah admitting he has a scat fetish? No, I'm just saying that humanure, it's like a composting thing. Okay, just because you want to make compost doesn't mean you also don't want to have sex with your compost. That's true. That's true, that's Jonah. That's true. That's true. Here, let me just be first on record, I do not want to have sex with compost. Although I did in college, I made a very steamy video about compost. <laughs> Literally, it was like in the morning sun and there was, it was a hot pile of compost and there was steam coming off of it and, and there was dew and it was... Walter's jerking off right now. Walter's was, like uh, actively masturbating while Jonah Yeah, I see this. him. I see him. Why yeah. do you think it's me, dude? <laughs> the way Jonah's talking. It's like, oh my god, I don't want to have sex with men, but you know, when I see one and the Sweaty sunset. His sweaty muscles. Maybe I'll give him a little bit of a kiss. That's how fucking Jonah's talking about his compost, dude. Jonah has a plum and decorum not to jerk off on the podcast, Walter.
So what is a well, so what is bookbinding? I take paper and then I sew it together with a needle and thread and then I turn it into a book. So do authors have to write stuff and give them to you or do you give them the book and they write inside the book? Mostly the latter. I I make journals mostly. I've done some runs of people sending me things and then I've sewn them into books, but it's uh it's no it's no fun. It's no <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot more work. Yeah, well, I like doing unique kind of intense bindings and when you're doing a run of books it's like okay you have to do the exact same book again and again and again and it's it's not nearly as creative and not nearly as fun so how would you recommend someone who's never thought about using your business actually you might want to use my business for i I mean yeah if you if you're like an avid journaler or if you know somebody that really likes journaling or if you are into dark magic and witchcraft uh and you know you need a special tome to put all of your all your blood magic in do you legit have like witch witch and wicca type people like looking for using your books for that kind of stuff i mean i've used those hashtags on some of my instagram posts but i i do i run i i do a whole bunch of different types of bindings they don't all look like that and you deliver to the whole world? Yeah, if you pay shipping. <laughs> I have shipped to Canada and New Zealand. If I'm like a turf and I really like J.K. Rowling and I have yeah. like <laughs> her special signed Harry Potter book, can I ask you to unbind it and then bind it into another cover? Like if I want J.K. Rowling's face of supporting Jordan Peterson or something. Does J.K. Rowling like Jordan? I mean, I know J.K. Rowling sucks, but I didn't know she liked Jordan Peterson. Well, no, but Anna Karina is dead and she's still my wallpaper, man. You don't need fucking realism when it comes to fandom. If it's a hardcover, yes, I can do that. If it's paperback, it's, it's, I can, it won't hold up. Paperbacks are poorly made. They last 10, 15 years and then they're dead. Not if you keep them in good quality like I do. If you hold them the right way and you don't open them all the way, they can last a while. But like, if you have a book that you super duper love, get the hardcover. What about Nickelback? The band? <laughs> Dude, I I loved I loved Nickelback back in the day. That was that was one of the first albums I ever got. I can't believe you just admitted that. Are you on the sure podcast. you want to admit that on the podcast? Yeah. Kind of- oh yeah, yeah. Nickelback for life. Old school RuneScape. Buy my books. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Look forward to checking out Jonah's books. And, uh, and if there's uh, if just remember if you're gonna. No, 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 you're not. We can't, we can't close it out yet. I gotta tell people to share and like the show. I gotta, you gotta share share it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta share and like the show. But if you're you're gonna share it, you gotta share the little show. You gotta, but, but just remember, most importantly, most importantly, if you're gonna, if if you're gonna, can I take it? If you, can I take it? Can I go? You wanna go? You wanna do do from the top? Do you want me, do you wanna start from the top? Do you wanna start? To the top. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Jonah, you are the guest, so I need you to close us out. If you're gonna be watching a movie, make sure that, that just like they do it in the movie theaters when they turn down and off the lights all off, make sure that that's what you're doing too when you're at your own house. See, uh, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay.